Welcome back to the Redefining Anger podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Roy, a self-motivated force turned recovering perfectionist. After experiencing the traumatic and sudden loss of my father, turning to anger as a form of protection while living in a state of survival, and facing the wake-up call that I needed nearly two years later, I found community and began a journey of growth and deep internal healing. I'm on a mission to normalize feeling. I believe that getting quiet with yourself and really feeling what needs to be felt is the key to building a relationship of trust and self-respect with yourself. I created this space to vulnerably share my journey with you, how I'm learning to navigate life after loss, and how feeling alive and abundant is still possible. I believe in the power of sharing our stories, and my hope is that my story can empower you to navigate yours. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome back to the podcast. On today's episode, I have Christina Slayback. Christina is co-host of the Parenting and Productivity by Design podcast, co-founder of the Village Community and Cowork Space, coach, entrepreneur, and homeschooling mom of two. She helps driven women to create a lifestyle in accordance with their values. Drawing on her background in psychology and 20 years of experience serving as a director of nonprofits, she creates a customized approach for her clients to streamline their business and personal values to create more ease and joy. In this episode, Christina shares about her relationship with anger, how for years she suppressed the uncomfortable emotions and busied herself to avoid them, not realizing that anger was hiding underneath the surface. She pushed herself outside of her comfort zone and did the exact things she didn't want to do, but instinctively knew she needed to do to help herself process her emotions and become the leader of her own life. I want to extend a heartfelt thank you and appreciation for everybody who attended the August free virtual pitching meetup. It was a success and I just want to reiterate that this meetup is a series that is going to occur monthly for the foreseeable future. So coming in September on Wednesday, September 13th at 12 p.m. Eastern is the second meetup of the series. And in this meetup, I will specifically be diving into the strategy behind pitching. So in the first meetup, I covered an umbrella summary of all of the key components of pitching. And in the upcoming months, I'm going to be breaking down each area, each key component. So September, I will be breaking down the strategy component. Again, this is for female entrepreneurs who are looking to grow their their business by expanding themselves into other communities, ultimately expanding their reach and visibility so that they can become known as the thought leader that they want to be known for. So please join me September 13th at 12 p.m. Eastern for the second free virtual pitching meetup of the pitching series. The call will be recorded, so I encourage you to register um, so that you can capture the replay in the event that you're not able to make it live. The link for registration will be included in the show notes, and I hope to see you there.
Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Redefining Anger. I have another guest here today, Christina Slayback. And Christina and I, gosh, we connected briefly, I want to say, really, in the community that I'm currently a part of. Christina was in that community as well. And um, Christina has since moved on and created her own community for women. And so I'm going to have, you know, give her the opportunity to tell you all about that um, herself. But we have continued to stay connected. um, And I think that's just the beauty of community, which we will be talking about today, too. So Christina, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Um, Please introduce yourself and tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thank you for having me, Kim been so nice. Um, I think that one of the things that I appreciate so much about getting to be in like masterminds or different kinds of things is that community aspect. So I've loved getting to to know you as well as a lot of the other um, people. And um, so my background, just to give a little bit about me, is I um, have a background in psychology and business um, and have been working or worked the last almost 20 years Um, serving as the director of nonprofits, specifically working with Chamber of Commerce and small businesses, um, creating community events, um, doing promotion, networking, things like that, Um, which is kind of interesting in how it related to what we're doing now, which is I co-found a community called The Village, which is a co-working community space. It's a virtual community, and we have opportunities for accountability, for networking, for brainstorming, and some creativity Um, And we offer different options throughout the month, uh, focused on different areas, and people can kind of pop into the ones they want to. It's kind of like a gym membership. Um, So there's like weekly opportunities, and then you just pop into the ones that you need. And it's really because I am so passionate about community and about the impact that that has had on myself and the relationships that I have. Actually, the person that I uh, co-founded the community with was part of the community that we were a part of as well, Kim. And... um, I just think that there is so much magic when particularly women get together that are on the same page and just that synergy and being able to um, work with and and be able to lift each other up, to be able to actually show up as yourselves and um, really be able to have that piece that just helps to balance. So if you're having a, a challenging time, you have other people to lean on and to know you're not alone and maybe give you some support. Um, when you're feeling really good, like you have that motivation, inspiration, and you can kind of feed on that energy as well. Um, so I've been doing that. And I've also been working with um, clients for a little bit over the last year on, one, on a one-on-one capacity. Um, and working with them on really finding that alignment and time management, particularly. Um, I think a lot of the people that I work with are driven women. Um, as I mentioned, you know, I've been running uh, running organizations for the past while. And while I was doing that, I was also homeschooling kids, um, you know, just re- doing our regular um, motherly and womanly duties that, you know, that mental load that you have there and finding a way to be able to do that with purpose and with out getting burnt out or with recovering from burnout and being able to go in that intentionally and based on the values that I have for our family and for myself and really being able to create and carve out that time to um, have that focused uh, that focused time so then we can go and enjoy the rest of our time, um, which is one of the aspects with the, the community and co-work spaces, that accountability in those uh, spaces to really just have that focus time so then you can get stuff off your plate and move on with the rest of our days and the rest of our lives because we don't work to live. We live or we don't live to work. You know, it's just a part of what we're doing. So 
Yeah, absolutely. I love all of that. And I really, um, I'm so inspired by you, honestly, both you and Kimberlyn, the co-founder of The Village with you, because of what you're doing now, you have, you know, combining your background, taking what you learned from inside of the community that I'm in, that you were in, um, and then creating your own. And, you know, like you said, the power of community, it's so, it's just so priceless. I know for myself, uh, personally, when I first joined the community, I had resistance in the networking piece of it. Um, oh gosh, I mean, there were probably so many stories that I was tying to that, but I was really of the mindset of, no, I, I got this, like I can do this on my own. I just need the one-on-one -on -one support. Um, I don't really feel like talking to women. I don't have time to talk to other people. And, and I think there was an element of, um, not wanting to be judged either, right? Holding shame for why I was there to begin with and, and all of that. Um, but I have found that community for me now means everything. Like I could not go without the community. And in fact, even when my time with the community, my program with the community was up, I, um, I did what I could to stay in. I extended my membership. I joined another avenue. I became a mentor inside the community to also support other women coming in. Um, because it's everything, like you said, and it's so empowering and to be able to lean on each other for support. And we learn so much from each other. Now I have a question or, you know, I have resistance on something. I'm like, okay, who can I connect with now about this, you know, and just to talk through, um, you know, whatever, whatever that may be. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I totally agree. I think that they, I, I'm naturally an introvert. So it's funny to me that I do things like this, but it's because, the part that I think that gets a bad rap when you're talking about networking, when you're talking about community is the small talk, uh, tit for tat, like, what can I sell you or do for you? What can you do for me? Um, and I don't, I, I don't like any of that. Um, but I think that when you're talking about community in the sense that we were able to do with the, the community that we're in and that we're recreating in the village, that aspect of it is that actually being able to have real connections and to show up as your real selves. And I remember the first time that I got on one of the calls and I went to the breakout room and like, I was so like, I was just about ready to end the call. Like I didn't want to, um, but I'm so glad that I did. And I think that that resistance is normal and it's natural um, to have that because we don't, we don't know what to expect. We don't know who these women are. We don't want to be judged. Um, but I think that the more that I was able to do it, like that was one of my biggest takeaways was this network that I have now of all of these women. Like you're saying, if I'm struggling with something, like I can contact somebody that I know that, you know, might have a different perspective on it or might have, you know, something that they could share about it. And I really just, I love that part so much um, that that's why, you know, we decided why, why let this stop? Like, let's continue to have that and to be able to continue to facilitate these relationships um, and this connection. Cause I think that there, there is, there's just something about being able to be in a place where you can share yourself and feel free of that judgment and where somebody else can also be able to share themselves mm -hmm. and to show up in a way a lot of us don't have that in physical, in our physical locations. We, we don't have people that are on this same kind of self-development, um, in the same kind of place. And so to be able to have that in this other space where you can 
make conversations. There are people, there are so many of the people that are in the community that I talk to on a, you know, a couple times a month, at least that, you know, we just continue these conversations. Um, and most of them I've never met in real life, but we have this connection and it's, it's just amazing. And I love that part so much. Yeah, it really is amazing. I mean, look at you and I, we don't talk frequently. We don't talk all the time, but enough to stay connected. Every once in a while, we'll pop in each other's like Voxer inbox. Um, or I pop into occasionally, I know you like to hold some sessions uh, to bring some former members of the community together. Um, so yeah, it's just a great opportunity. And you mentioned the breakout room. Yeah, even still to this day, I mean, two years later, I still resist the damn breakout room. I really do. Because it's always that, oh, who am I going to be put with now? Oh, now I need to socialize one on one with someone, you know, it's like that, that I don't know, it's like an anxious feeling, I guess. Um, but after the breakout room, I always feel so good because I'm either walking away um, feeling lighter because of the connection I made and or I'm walking away feeling empowered as a leader to be able to hold space for someone else and support them with whatever they're going through. And I think that's the beauty too of community um, is realizing that we're not alone in our problems, you know? I mean, so often what we're going through and the feelings that we feel um, can be so overwhelming and we feel alone. And it, it really, when we're in our low of lows, it, it can feel so lonely. Like there's nobody that understands what I'm going through. But at the end of the day, um, there's a lot of other people who have gone through what you're going through. And maybe the circumstances might not necessarily look exactly the same, but the feelings that you're feeling are very shared. And it's like that saying goes, there's no thought that's, uh, or all thoughts are recycled or, or, you know, something like that, right? They, you just, you, the thoughts are shared. Any kind of limiting beliefs that we have, someone else is having those same limiting beliefs. Um, so yeah. Yeah, it's everything. And I think that it alleviates a little bit. I mean, you talk a lot about anger. And I think that a lot of times we, especially as women, will suppress these emotions. And we don't want to talk about it because we do think maybe we're the only ones. Like maybe I'm the only one that's feeling this way. Or maybe this isn't like, I don't want to share this with somebody because then they will judge me. Um, but then I think that we can often go into the spiral of shame where you're feeling the feelings, you're not allowing yourself to feel the feelings, you're kind of repressing them, but that doesn't mean that they go away. And then on top of that, often we're judging ourselves for it. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that by bringing it out into the open, by sharing some of that and realizing that you're not alone um, and that other people are having very similar, like you're saying, the circumstances might be different, but the underlying feelings that we're feeling are pretty universal. Um, and realizing that we have that opportunity to be able to just alleviate that. And then that can alleviate the shame. And then you can actually move productively from that and be able to process those emotions. So you can, you can help it release from your body instead of just store it up and being pent up in there. Yes. Yes. Because when you suppress it, it does, like you said, it doesn't go away. And in fact, it just gets bigger. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger and it, it becomes suffocating. Um, but when you are able to give it a voice, you acknowledge it. I know you're here and you give it a voice. It kind of releases its hold a little bit, you know? Um, so yeah, absolutely. And I really want to touch a little bit on, you mentioned that you help uh, women one-on-one. -on -one. Well, I'm, I'm assuming it's women. You said you have one-on-one. -on -one. Okay, it's women. Um, 
with time management. And you said something too that is so factual that, you know, as women, whether or not we're mothers, but especially if we are mothers, the mental load that we carry um, is astronomical. And if we're working mothers or even like, you know, like um, uh, work from home and then also homeschooling, just all of the things, um, there's a lot there. And I think we can also kind of feel alone in that sometimes too, that we think we're just carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders. Um, and, and the weight of that is real. It's very heavy, but I'd love for you to talk a little bit about time management a little bit. Um, and how, just from your perspective, what it is that you kind of work with, uh, with women on that. Um, because I think too, going back on the judgment piece, we carry a lot of that and the, the mental load that we carry. Um, we also become judgmental of ourselves with that because we feel like we cannot make ends meet or that we're not doing enough. And I think that anger comes up in that too, in the sense that not only do we have that anger, the emotion of anger that we're suppressing, but then we also turn anger back on ourselves and we become angry with ourselves. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So a couple of things that came up when you were saying that, and one of them is that I think that for many of us, especially as women, that we put a lot of value in our productivity. Um, and I was just talking with some women the other day, and this was coming up a lot, is that we put value on being busy and being efficient, getting things done, um, and getting through our to-do list every day. Like that, it's a successful day if I've gotten all these things done in my to-do list. And if I haven't, then I'm going to beat myself up because I, I'm not being productive and I'm not... Um, I'm, I'm just not valuable at that point in time, almost to the point. Um, and I think that when I am working with, uh, women, it is often. So when I came into this space of, you know, homeschooling and, and running the organizations and doing all of these other things that I was doing. And what I thought that I needed to do was I needed more. I needed more to do. Cause I think often too, when we're feeling kind of that discontent rumbling around, um, I know for me, what I would do is I would turn that into busyness mm -hmm. and I would turn that into overproductiveness. So it was, okay, let me just add more things and let me get more things done because then I'll feel better. And what I wasn't doing was I wasn't actually going back and like looking into what's the source of this. So when I actually got down to it, I, I remember having um, a breathwork session a few years ago and going into it and having no idea what to expect and going into it and having this release. And it was at one point and she's, you know, they're, they're um, facilitating it. And it was like, scream into a pillow and like, get all of the emotions out. And at that point, like, I would just say that I was like, dissatisfied. I was resentful, maybe like I have too much things on my plate. I'm trying to do all this stuff. Um, and I'm just resentful. Um, but what came out was like this underlying anger that I didn't know was even there. And it was such a like pivotal point for me that it was, this is something that I've been neglecting and something that I have been just like trying to smooth over um, by being busy. So it was, you know, okay, well, let's, let's add this to our thing. And maybe we'll, we should do some more family activities and maybe I should help with these things. And this neighbor needs this and this friend needs this. So yes, like I'll just do it all. Um, but what I realized was that what I actually needed was space 
And I needed to kind of step back and take some of that stuff off. And I think that what was preventing me from doing that was, I think, the piece of like, my worth is valued in productivity. But also, what do I do? Like when I had this space, it was like, now what do I do? Like, I'm just here with my feelings and my thoughts and like, there's nothing to mask it. Um, But that was when I was actually able to address it. And then I started being able to add things in and it felt good again. Um, And so I think from a, a standpoint of, you know, working with people on this time management is that so much of the time, I think that we turn and we're looking for strategies of like, all right, time blocking, like, how do I get the most in? Or um, how do I schedule my meetings better or run this a little bit more efficiently? How do I get these processes in place? And I think that's great. But if you're not addressing the root cause of like why you're feeling that way and what you actually are desiring to feel, that you're never going to get to the point where the time management strategies are going to be enough because you're still dealing with you and your emotions. So I think so much of time management is actually managing yourself. And once you're able to do that, that then you can, you can go into it with a different, a different mindset. And then those strategies will actually help. Um, But before that, I think that, you know, just trying to put the strategies is just kind of putting a bandaid over um, what you're actually working with. So it's like, it's more of the emotional behind it. And then also then implementing the strategies to say, what is actually important and what do I actually value? And a lot of times I think that we don't even know that, um, or we say that we value some certain things and we don't. Um, and then moving from that piece to, well, now how do I have my lifestyle and my work and life balance? How do I make that actually reflect what my values are? Yeah. You took the words right from my mouth. I was thinking the exact same thing. That's just putting a bandaid on it. Um, And, you know, the whole productivity piece for myself. Oh oh God, there's so much I can say about this. Um, I think a lot of that too is tied to perfectionism, but it's very much like you said, tying our worth to it. Um, and, and, And it's adding to the busy and staying busy because ultimately what that busy is doing is it's preventing you from feeling the uncomfortable feelings and emotions that nobody actually even wants to feel. But the thing is, is you have to feel them to be able to actually feel the joy that you want to feel on the other side of that, to feel energetic, to feel free, to feel all of those higher vibe feelings. You got to also welcome in the lower vibe um, emotions as well. And, you know, you were just talking about productivity and how we just add more and more and more. And it, it brought me back to uh, my, my corporate life. So I was in corporate for, you know, about two decades uh, before going into work for myself. And, you know, that's, that's kind of how that culture is designed to, oh, you know, Kim is so good at what she does. Let's give her more, right? So let's take it from this person who's not so good at this and let's just give it to her. She can handle it. And that's just what keeps happening. And so you're so good at what you do that you just get more piled on. And that's ultimately the expectation. So we're kind of groomed that way, um, not only in, you know, a corporate setting, but culturally too. And then, and then going back to us as women and carrying that mental load, we just do it to ourselves too. And it just becomes so exaggerated, like so significantly exaggerated. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think that it's not even, it's not like it's a conscious thing either. So it's, I, I, for me, when my husband and I got married, we got married really young and it was that I would start to do some things around the house or whatever, because 
I had four brothers and sisters growing up, you know, I'm the oldest. So I was used to doing some of that. Um, and as the wife, you know, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So I'd start to do some of that and then it was fine. And then I do a little bit more. And then like you're saying at work, then you'd get good at this and then you get a little more and that was fine. But each time along the way, you're getting validation for it. Like, oh, exactly. You're so good at this. And then I think when you become a mother too, it like exponentially increases because then not only do you have all these things that you were doing just in a partnership or just in your business or, you know, um, professionally, but now you have this whole other layer that society basically says, this is yours. Like your partner can help and that's great. And if they do help at all, then they're like, you are so lucky, but this is basically yours. Um, and so then you just start to drown, but you don't know at the time, like you're just, and you just keep getting this validation of, okay, yeah, I did this. So this is great. Okay. I can keep going. And you're just kind of like fluttering under the surface, like swimming so fast just to try to stay above water until we get reached the point. And then it's, it's too much. You know, you have that built up resentment, you have the burnout, you have these, like this anger or these emotions that you just can't even keep in anymore. And I think that it'll come out professionally, or if it doesn't come out professionally, where you're hitting burnout, maybe it comes out personally. And then your family's like, you're just snapping or, um, you know, very quick to, to not have that patience. Um, and I think that that's where it is. And then you don't realize it's a problem until you're in it, like you've been in it and trying to decondition that and get back to it. And I think so much of it is removed because we compartmentalize our emotions so we can get through and manage this, that trying to decondition all of that is just this, this process that we have to go through of reconnecting and really finding ourselves again. And I think that's why a lot of mothers, especially will lose themselves in the beginning and then be working to try to come back and find themselves again. Um, and I don't know that it's themselves because it's not like you're going back to that former, but right. you're kind of figuring out who you are now with all of this new lived experience. Um, and I think that that part of it is really beautiful, but also very, very hard. And it's just this, this whole, um, whole journey that I think that we go through. Um, but once you get to the other side of it, not that it's going to be linear and then there's never going to be a problem again, but I think you can identify those markers earlier. Yes. Yeah. I, everything to what you just said. And I just want to bring home the point too, is that, you know, a lot of what we go through, like you said, swimming on the surface, just really trying and trying not to drown, but we don't even realize it because we're so in it and it's almost like we're addicted to the validation right it, and so at that point we just want to seek more of that validation because it that too is kind of like a band-aid it kind of makes you feel good um so you just want to you want to keep it coming and i know for myself specifically i experienced burnout recently and i believe i think you said you mentioned that you've experienced it too before right yeah um and for me i I was kind of in denial about it. It didn't, it didn't hit me. Um, well, it did hit me when I was in corporate, but I didn't come to that realization until after I left corporate. Um, and I was in denial about it. I'm like, no way. I'm not in burnout. I got this. But what was happening is it was manifesting um, in my body physically. So just like experiencing physical symptoms of something is not right. I am not myself. Something is wrong. 
And exactly like what you said, if you don't, if it doesn't come out in the professional way, it's going to come out personally. Um, and I know that that's what happened with me for sure. The anger, the resentment, um, and my family ultimately getting the brunt of it because they are my home. They are my safe space. And, um, and so that's, that's ultimately where it comes out, but still not really realizing what's happening as it's happening because it just becomes norm. And I was just identifying at that point as like, well, this is just who I am. And so you're so spot on when you say, you know, with time management and really needing to work on yourself first before you can implement the strategy. And I want to kind of talk about that a little bit more because using my, my burnout as an example, um, I, you know, I've been into self-care for, a number of years, physical self-care for over a decade, and then emotional self-care for the last couple of years. And um, when I, when my burnout was, we'll say diagnosed, right? I was like, really? But I'm doing all the things, but that's what it is. You're still just checking off the boxes, but are you really tuning in to yourself mentally, spiritually, emotionally? And I think that's the key. And that's the key that a lot of us are missing until we can get that guidance and that support. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, I know that when I had my son, so he's just turned 11. Um, and when I had my son, I was going really pretty well for a while. Um, and like you're saying, just adding on and just, just managing, and this is just what it is. And this is just what motherhood is. Um, and it got to a point for me that. I went in and I had to go into the doctor because I was just so run down. And I just thought, you know, something is off. Um, and I had gone in there thinking, you know, it's winter. I live in the Midwest. Like, this is not great. Um, like, I just don't feel great here. I hate being outside. I hate being cold. Um, and they were going to put me on some antidepressant medication, um, which I think is great. Um, and I think it's great that we have that as an option for people that really need it. But I also for knew for me that that was not the first step um, that I wanted to take. Um, so I started to implement some other things. And I think sometimes when we get to it, we'll know that there's something wrong. Um that something isn't really right, but we can't really necessarily put our finger on it. So I never, never put this as like, I'm burnt out. I just knew that I was exhausted. Um, and so I started to like implement some natural remedies and stuff. And then I started to push myself to do some of the things that I didn't want to do, but that I wanted to do for my son. Like I wanted him to be able to not hate being in the Midwest for because six months of the year, if you don't like snow and cold, like you're just going to be miserable. And I knew that I didn't want that for him. And so I started to, we started to go outside every day. So I would get him and get him dressed and get myself dressed and we would go outside every day. And the impact that that made just on doing something that I knew was going to be good for me. And I think this is often what we'll find, especially like going for a walk, you know, drinking our water, like any of these things that we put off because they're not that important, um, but make such an impact on the rest of our day and the rest of our, our time, because then things that we're doing that would normally take a short period of time are just going to take this extra, you know, take that much longer because we are just having to force ourselves through it. 
And going and doing that and getting outside every day through all of it made my mental state so much better. Um, and it like, I have two kids now that love, they will go outside in any weather, they will do whatever. Um, and that resiliency that I was building up and that I'm building in them too, for it was just so important. And I think that as mothers, if we want to take it from the perspective of, I have to do all these things for my kids and I have to do all this because I'm a mother, that I think that we can also use them as inspiration. Because as much as they, we can use them as like an excuse of why I don't feel good, because I think that a lot of times it's just our own self-management and we just put it out there as like, I just am overstressed because of, you know, I'm a mom and I have kids. Um, but I think how much we can use that as like an excuse for why we aren't able to do the things. It can also be used as an inspiration to do the things that we know that we should be doing for ourselves mm -hmm. um, and that we can do them for them. So when it comes to like managing and, and doing some of that stuff with your time, I actually was taking more time out of my day because it's not easy to get a toddler and myself out um, and going out and doing that. So I was taking more time, but I actually was coming back and was in such a better place that then I was able to focus more when I was on my work and being able to get more things done. I showed up in differently in relationships, um, relationships with my partner and that kind of flew, uh, you know, that flow came back um, where resentment and stuff had been building up and just doing some of those things that sometimes take more time. And we think that we don't have the time for them by putting those in and putting those in as like a priority, like it was a non-negotiable. Like we were just, it was out and it was, you know, 15 minutes at least, but whatever. And then this, this is what it is. And it was non-negotiable. Um, and having that in structured into our day and into our lives just impacted all of the other things. So I was able to be able to show up so much better in all my other areas that it actually was like, even though it's not a productivity tool or it's not a time management tool, like it actually really did make a big impact on that. So sometimes I think we deep down will know sometimes like, I know that I'm not getting out and walking enough, or I know that I'm not, you know, maybe drinking enough water or maybe not fueling my body in the way that I need to. Um, but that's not what I need to work on right now. What I need to work on is how to get my meetings lined up better or something like that. And I think that sometimes going back to those more primal things that then you can, it actually does make a big impact on those things that we think are the problem. It really does. And, and, you know, like you said, you feel better after because energetically you're in a better place. So maybe you have a little less time um, as far as like the clock, you know, goes, but energetically you feel better. You're more invested, you're more focused. Um, and so a task that might've taken you longer to do before could actually take you you know, a less amount of time to do it because of your energy being in a better place. I'm so happy that you shared that story. I was actually going to ask you about it because I remember hearing you shared that story before of making it just your priority and non-negotiable to go outside every day, no matter the weather, even if it was just for five minutes, it's we're going outside. Um, and I remember when I heard that story, I loved it so much. And I think there's so much beauty in that in, in, um, 
going after what you resist. And it's like, you know, uh, our, you know, the mentor in, in our community says is, you know, typically if you resist something so much, that's a sign that you really should be going after it. And big things, little things, everything in between, it's, um, yeah, making that conscious effort. It's like, oh, I don't really feel like going for a walk today. But you know what, even going out there for five minutes can make a world of difference. And if that's all you've gotten you is five minutes, then then that's then that's enough. And that's okay. Um, And I think there's something too to be said about presence and being present. So again, using my burnout as an excuse, excuse me, not as an excuse as an example. um, I was put on active recovery for about four weeks when I was on burnout from my regular workout schedule. And I remember feeling so much resistance with that initially. So I was like, but, but I'm a runner and I run that's what, you know, that's my outlet. That's how I, you know, I come back feeling so much better. Um, but ultimately, you know, when you're in burnout and it, it really does burnout, you, you know, you can feel the stress, but it takes really a physical toll on your body. Um, and you have to allow your body the time to recover for it to heal and get better. And, um, and so, you know, I had to go from running to walking and, you know, I was working with a functional health practitioner and to, to work on this holistic approach for me. And and it's like, she said, you know, when you go for a walk, I'm going to challenge you to really be present. So, don't even have music in your ear. Don't even have a podcast in your ear. Be completely present in the moment. Take the time to look at your surroundings. Notice the different colored green, you know, trees, the grass, the different shades of green, the blue sky. Maybe there's a stream that you can, you know, the sun is catching the stream a certain way. Really be present in that moment. And I I thought, okay, you know, all right. So I did that. And there was so much beauty in that. Um, And that was such a huge takeaway from me to really practice mindfully being present. And, you know, of course, there's no perfection tied to that. I'm, I am human and I do have a monkey mind, um, but really just being like bringing it back, bring, bringing it back. So it's like meditation, right? So every time I catch myself, like, you know, thinking about everything else I need to be doing or about the next thing and the next thing, bringing it back to the present moment um, and just enjoying that moment for what it is. And that has really I've found in myself allowed me to also stay focused, which has really impacted my productivity in a positive way in building my business. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's huge. And I think that that's probably one of the reasons why going outside was so beneficial for me because it was, it was getting us out. It was getting us moving. It was getting, you know, vitamin D fresh air, but it was also just being out there and noticing. And I actually, will go out on my own out. Like my kids are old enough that they will often just go outside because we still have outside time every day. They'll often just go outside on their own. Um, and I'll find myself every once in a while, like trying to just work through like, Oh, they're out. Like I can get some stuff done. Um, but if if it happens a few days in a row, I'll, I'll have to like bring myself and be like, no, I'm, I can feel like that I'm getting off or that I'm getting a little grouchy again, because I think that nature brings so much benefits for us in terms of bringing us back to that that here and now and being able to even just see so it was like before I just thought winter lasted for six months right um but when I was actually out there it was like oh where normally I would be really upset that it was snowing in April 
Like I know that it's only going to last for 24 hours and I can see the buds on the trees or I can hear the birds. And it was like just these different noticing that it's not all just, just one bland awful. Like it changes and you can notice the beauty in it and being able to have that seasonality. And I think that that was something that I also brought into my life is kind of like working in those cycles. Like you're saying, if you're burnt out, you need that rest time. And a lot of us resist rest. But just because you're resting on the outside doesn't mean that all these things aren't percolating underneath. And I think that like for the metaphor for nature, like this this blanket of snow and cold that like everything looks dormant, but it's all just restoring itself so that it can spring back up again. Um, and it's helped me to kind of bring those into my life too. So I don't think that I have to be going a hundred miles an hour all the time. I know now that I'm actually going to be better and I'm going to be more focused. I'm going to be more productive if I'm giving myself these periods of rest or periods of space to kind of come back in. And I think that's where the creativity comes through. And it can be that, yes, your energy is, is changed too, but I think also your focus comes a little bit different. You have that like broader view. So instead of getting just into all the details of what you might be working on, you can step back and say, is this even where I want to put my time? Um, which is something that I really like. And we have, you know, power hours and stuff in the community, but it's not just from a perspective of like, come in and like, go through your to-do list. It's come in and like, figure out what is the most important thing. And maybe that is at that point, you know what, I need to take this power hour and I just need to go for a walk. And that is going to be the most productive use of my time. Or I just need to um, really go in and just look over my week or look over whatever it is and maybe do some planning that way. And that's going to be the best use of my time. It's not always just like push, 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 push through. It's to really take that step back and say, what am I really trying to accomplish here? And how can I make that the focus? And I think that having those periods where you do step back and are not in that go, go, go is when you have those epiphanies of, no, actually, this is where I need to do and this is where I need to focus. And that's going to make you ultimately more productive and more focused and, and able to make those bigger strides. Yeah. That highest leverage action is, is kind of what they call mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. I resonate with that so much too. And, um, I live in, you know, the Northeastern part of the States. And so we see the four seasons. We also see snow. I mean, we've seen snow, uh, I mean, not so much where I live now, but when I was in Northern, Northern Maine way up there, I mean, gosh, we would see snow in like June even. Um, and I used to detest it so much and I've grown now to have more of an appreciation for it and really pausing, like, you know, you get that storm in April, um, but it's also pausing and really admiring the beauty in that. So you wake up the next morning when the snow is done and it's calm and the trees are glistening. It just looks like, you know, winter wonderland. And there's so much beauty in that. Um, but you know, like you said too, it's appreciating the seasons and I've been incorporating that, um, in myself too. I mean, as women, obviously we go through our cycles every month. And so I've been tapping into that cycle sinking. Um, and there's certain phases of your cycle where you do need more of that rest time. And so for me, I'm kind of, I've been looking at that as like that permission and, and it's, you know, I, I hate to say that in a way it's like, we need that permission to rest, but because there is so much resistance there, I can lean into that. And I, like yesterday I was so exhausted. Something came over me. I was like, just completely wiped. And, um, it was, a, you know, right before dinner. And I said to my husband, do you mind if I just go upstairs and lie down for a little bit? And 
the guilt I felt while I was up there and running through like my list of like, oh, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. But I leaned into that and I gave myself permission. And I said, you know what, Kim, you know, this is a normal part of your, the phase of your cycle where you are naturally going to be exhausted. Your body is cueing you in right now that you need this rest. Um, and so I leaned into that resistance and the guilt that I felt and allowed myself to rest. And after my nap, I was able to get up and get a few things done that I didn't before I couldn't have even imagined like even getting done. So yeah, there's so much to be said there. But I wanna pivot a little bit because before our time is up, I would love for you to talk a little bit about your podcast. I know that you co-host a podcast, Productivity by Design. Um, So productivity, obviously a lot of what our conversation was about today. And then by design is the element of human design. And um, so I'm not, you know, savvy in that space. I only just learned uh, what my human design is not too long ago, Um, but I find it so fascinating. And I'd love if you can talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So human design was something that I had run into a few times over the years and just kind of like pushed it back and was like, I don't really understand what this is. Um, But over the last couple of years, I've really been delving into it. And so human design is basically, it's um, a system kind of like a personality test, but it's based on about eight different systems. Um, So the I Ching astrology, it incorporates um, a lot of different like Eastern, um, systems as well. And what it does is it'll come up with, you'll have different types. So it's kind of in that sense, like a personality test or a little bit like astrology where you'll get your sign, but it's very individualized. Um, and you can really dig into how you tick. Um, and what I found so interesting is that as I started to delve more and more, like it just resonated so much with what I was seeing. Um, and then I would just see it in my, in my chart and, and, and be able to say, oh, like, this is why this keeps coming up all the time, or this is what is in there. And for me, any of those systems, the biggest thing that I get out of it is that it gives me the perspective that I am built this way. And so this is how stuff might work for me. And a lot of times I think that we'll then think that that's how it should work for everyone. Um, but I'll notice too, in my relationships. So with my husband or with my kids, I'm like, oh, that's why you say this way. Like we, my husband and I would have arguments sometimes and just something silly, like where do you want to go eat? And I would just like, I I didn't know. Um, but I'm a generator. So I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to respond. So it's like, yes, no. Um, and based on that, like, I'm like, okay, so you just need to give me options and then I can yes, no you. But if you give me an open question, like, where do I want to eat? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I have no idea. And, um, my husband's a manifester, which is informing. So they, they're, you know, just kind of putting stuff out there. So I'm like, you just need to tell me when you want to do something. Like you just have to, have to inform me. And then, then I respond to things. So I'll just get caught up and it's like, oh, this and I'm less into it and I'll just and he's like well, I didn't even know we were doing that today and I was like yeah so this is why because I like just it just sparked and then I just like I'm supposed to follow my joy and that was joyful so that's what I'm doing um but having that like being able to communicate um so basically with human design there's about five different types that you are and it's a generator which is most of the population and that's um, we are supposed to be following the things that light us up we are also prone to burnout um a manifester puts things out there and they're very small percentage of the population. And, um, they actually create like with, they put things out there and then they create that way. So they're not responding to the environment. They're actually putting things out into the environment. 
Um, a projector is somebody that'll come in and like reflect back. So they're really great um, people to have around to bounce ideas off of and because they are going to reflect back and like, um, or they're going to project, sorry, the reflector is the one that will reflect back and they're a very tiny bit of the population, only like 1% of the population, but they're kind of like the litmus test for how the community's doing, how people are like, how the globe is doing, because they're just, everything that's coming in at them, they're just putting back out there. Um, and projectors are ones that have the ability to be able to really kind of see and hone in on you specifically. Um, so generators kind of have a wide aura. We're bringing in all kinds of information. Projectors are gonna focus their attention in one area and they're gonna kind of really pull and dig deep into that one area. Um, so when you're talking to a projector, you're going to really feel that, um, that they're really tuned into just you, um, and they're able to kind of really be able to, um, have the opportunity to bring in different perspectives that you might not notice on yourself too. But it's just, a, and it goes into, I mean, there's a lot of complexities with different centers, um, and different gates, and you can get really deep into it, um, and I have really enjoyed it. And then also as a partnering thing, which is the gene keys where you can kind of actually map out what your purpose is supposed to be, how you how you show up in relationships. Um, but what we do is on the podcast is we'll bring in people that talk about parenting or productivity or different things, but then we'll also have some that are geared specifically to all of these different types. So we did a whole series um, and we have one more left to record um, for each of the types and how that actually shows up for them. So we have, and then a manifesting generator is the last one, sorry. And that one is um, a portion of the generator, but they also um, have the ability to kind of manifest things out too. Um, and they tend to move around a lot. So generators those typically like, I'm going to get this and this is what's important to me and I'm going to get it done like step-by-step step, and manifesting generators will kind of pop around a little bit more and, and uh, have a lot of varying interests. So um, yeah, it's just, it's really cool to be able to dig in and just be able to, even if you just go to from like a top perspective of figuring out like your type and then your profile too, which is kind of how you relate to the world. Um, so Kimberlyn and I are both two fours, which means that um, we do have an introverted nature, but networking is a big thing with us. So that was kind of how once we were brought together and doing this stuff, we're like, well, this makes sense that <laughs> we're doing this. We have this this ability to really kind of, we need that time alone, but then we also want to be able to build community and have that around us. So, Yeah, that I just find it so fascinating. I'm a generator as well. Um, and it's so funny because when I learned about it initially, I was like, oh, well, that makes sense, right? Because it just like puts so, many, so much into perspective of like your personality. And then there was a part of me that was like, Oh, but the majority of the population are generators. So like, you know, I don't feel special about that, but no, but it really does um, help you get to know yourself a little bit better and understand yourself. So, you know, so often we're like in a comparing game, right? Like, why is this person doing this thing so much better? And I can't, I, I can't do that. Or, and it, it could just be simply that you're just not made to do that. Um, and so, yeah, I still need to dive into more of like my profile and really like peel back the layers of the onion there to learn more about myself. But um, the one thing that resonated with me so much from the beginning when I learned about being a generator is if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. And so, so often it's like, you know, it's really being intuitive. It's following that intuition. If there's any ounce of you that's like, 
but I'm not sure, then it's it's just a no because it's not a hell yes. So it's so interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to, I think when you come on our podcast too, we usually ask the people to send over their information so we can pull up your chart just to kind of see. And it's so interesting when we have conversations, even when we're not necessarily talking about human design specifically, but we'll pull up and I'm like, oh, there it is there. Oh, I see this here. And then having that conversation, um, because I do, I think it's, I think it just gives you permission to, I know that for me, it was, it was very much the same, like, ah, oh, I'm a generator who cares. And then I like came back to it later. I was like, oh, actually this is really cool because like we are the life force, um, and the ability to kind of make things happen. And I can pull in all of these amazing things to me and they just kind of come naturally to me. And all I have to do then is follow that and say, yeah, if it's, if it's a hell yes, or if it's a no, and, and that can be my guiding, um, which is, it, which is great because then it's like, oh no, this doesn't work for me because I don't want to. And that's okay. Cause that's how I'm designed. Yeah. Yeah. It's permit. Like you said, it's permission. It's so fascinating. I'm so excited for our conversation on your podcast. Um, and I hope that you enlighten me a little bit about my profile with your Absolutely. knowledge and expertise. I think that'll be so fun. I'm so excited. Looking forward to it. Uh, Christina, this has been such an amazing conversation. I've really loved everything about this conversation. So thank you for being here. Can you share about um, where people can find you and anything that specifically that you might have going on right now that you'd like to promote? Yeah. So um, as we've mentioned before, we do have the village co-work and community space. Um, and you can find us on Instagram at the village underscore co-work. Um, and that we have, like I said, we have drop-in sessions. So you can just come in and check it out if you want to come in and get some accountability. Um, or if you want to attend one of our um, networking or brainstorming activities, you're welcome to do that. Or if we also do monthly memberships. So then you can have opportunities to come to any of the sessions throughout the month. Um, we, uh, I also co-host the parenting and productivity by design. Um, so you can find that on any of the, uh, podcast apps. And I also do work with people individually. So, um, if you're looking for more support in uh, managing your time, um, really finding out and aligning with those values. And again, um, you can go onto that. And the best way to reach me with that is on my website. And that's Christina Slayback and that's S-L-A-B-A-C-K.com. Um, and you can get more information on how to work with me directly. So thank you so much, Kim. This has been wonderful. I've really, I love connecting with you. Like I said, the community aspect is so great. And it's because I get to have conversations like this and with uh, women like you. So thanks so much. Absolutely. Yes. And I'll have all the information in the show notes too. So people can easily find you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being here and for listening to another episode of Redefining Anger. If this resonated with you in any way, I would be so grateful if you would share this episode or the podcast with a friend, a family member, anyone that you believe may benefit from it also. If you want to stay connected, you can find me on Instagram at runningongrit at running.on.grit and follow along my journey. Do you have a story to share? A voice that's aching to be heard? Send me a DM and let's get a conversation going. My information can also be found in the show notes. I look forward to connecting with you.